Welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. I'm your host, James Graham, and it's a joy to share the ear with you today. In this episode, we will begin with the topic entitled, Choosing a Mate. Then we will transition to our segment, How Did We Get Here? Followed by our hobbies and special interest section, and then conclude with our sunflower message. We would love to hear your ideas. Please send them to admin at livelaughtalk.com. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can add a voice memo as well as comments and participate in our poll. Wherever it is that you listen, please follow us so that you're notified of the new episodes as soon as they are released. The topic that we will begin with today is entitled, Choosing a Mate. I was listening to a podcast just the other day, and the host listed five things she wanted in a mate. She literally started off the podcast with these five items. The first being a large genitalia. That was the first thing she listed that she wanted from her mate. Second was money. Three, the ability to pay her bills. Four, this gentleman must be able to buy her a car. And five, not be a mama's boy. None of these things that she mentioned will lead to a successful long-term relationship. It actually cheapens the concept of being in one altogether. Choosing a mate is a personal decision. Some key factors to consider would not include any of her five items. Let's talk about more detailed aspects to consider when looking for a mate. Let's kick those to the curb that she had discussed. We're going to start off with shared values. See, shared values are the foundation of a strong relationship. Consider your core beliefs religious or spiritual views, and moral principles to ensure an alignment in your relationship. Communication skills. You see, effective communication is crucial for resolving conflicts and understanding each other, looking for a partner who can express themselves openly and listen actively is exactly what you should do. Emotional compatibility. We should assess whether you connect emotionally with your potential mate. Emotional support, empathy, and understanding can strengthen a relationship. And what is a relationship without trust? Trust is the bedrock of any relationship. So we should ensure that we can trust and rely on our partner in various aspects of life. Both partners should respect each other's boundaries, opinions, and individuality. Healthy relationships are built on mutual respect. Shared hobbies and interests can help strengthen your bond and provide opportunities for quality time together. We should also discuss our long-term aspirations, such as career plans, family goals, and lifestyle choices to ensure they align with our goals. We should assess compatibility 
in areas like lifestyle, financial management, and how we handle stress or adversity. While not the sole factor, physical attraction also can play a role in the initial connection. I mean, let's all be honest with each other. You don't see a personality. You don't see mutual respect. You actually see those things physical you like about a person. So let's not try to hide that. Yeah, that is definitely part of the initial connection. We also should consider how both of us would handle disagreements because I don't care how loving the relationship is, two people are not going to agree all the time, nor should they. So healthy conflict resolution is essential for a lasting relationship. We also, also should evaluate how our potential mate interacts with their family and friends. See, these relationships can impact our relationship with that person. So we need to make sure that they have a supportive network. Not just walk out here as the Lone Ranger. But they should have a circle around themselves that is supportive. We need to understand our partner's past relationships too. And any lessons learned can provide insight into their approach to dating and commitment. If we see they have a long list of past partners and these individuals just had sex with this person and seemed to move on, or maybe that's what the person wanted, then that tells us a lot about that individual. So we should see if they're ready for commitment, if they're the kind of person that would not cheat on us or leave us in the lurch. Remember that finding the right mate takes time. And it's essential to trust our instincts while also being open to growth and compromise within the relationship. Communication and ongoing effort are key to maintaining a healthy and fulfilling partner. You know, in our relationship, we shouldn't be so clingy that we don't allow independence. See, while sharing a life together is important, it's also crucial that both individuals maintain their independence and personal growth within the relationship. A healthy mate will support your individual pursuits. Now, our young lady that we spoke of that had her podcast she mentioned things of financial issues. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with financial compatibility. Money matters can be a significant source of conflict. We should discuss our financial goals, our spending habits, and attitudes towards money to ensure that we're both on the same road. But what we should not do is make money the focal point of building a relationship. It can't be. It just won't work. We need to discuss the plan of children. We need to talk about family planning. If we plan to have children, we need to discuss our views on parenting, including roles and responsibilities, parenting styles, and time. Most importantly, we need to discuss whether we want children or not, because 
possibly the person that we're talking to may think the opposite. So we need to, again, make sure we're compatible. We need to consider each other's health habits and lifestyle choices. This can impact our well-being and compatibility also in the long run. And what about where we're going to live? See, some of us want to live in the nice, warm summer weather, and others of us want to live up north where it gets a little cold. So we should talk about geographic locations. Think about our desired living location and whether it aligns with our partner's preferences. Long-distance relationships or relocating may be necessary in certain considerations. There could be some deal-breakers out there, and we need to identify those, our non-negotiables, our deal-breakers. What are your deal-breakers? Well, maybe it could be values, addictions, habits that you just simply cannot accept in your partner. A strong foundation of friendship can enhance the longevity of a romantic relationship. Being able to enjoy each other's company and have fun together is essential. Also, there's nothing wrong with discussing and updating our future plans as individuals and as couples because life evolves and it's important to adapt together. In addition, we should trust our instincts. Sometimes, you might just have a gut feeling about somebody that goes beyond a checklist. So we need to listen to our intuition when evaluating a potential mate. Remember that no one is perfect, and all relationships require effort and compromise. It's essential to communicate openly about these things, address issues as they arise, and nurture the connection over time. Ultimately, finding the right mate involves a balance between compatibility, shared values, and a willingness to grow and adapt together. Yes, our goal should be to find a mate that will be a lasting one, that will last forever. These values that we share can accomplish that. Sadly, If our goals align with the lady that we talked about at the beginning who had her own podcast, we will find ourselves out of a relationship quickly and right on into another one that will end as soon as it started. Health issues facing Americans today are prevalent beyond measure. But truthfully, the risk could be reduced and lives could be saved. How? Well, the truth is, is that we cause a lot on ourselves. And once we talk about these top killers in the U.S., we're going to talk about the ways in which we could manage them or we could find the risks early, or we could do the active actions that cause us to not have these issues in the first place. Now, there's five of them, and we're going to start off with heart disease and stroke. 
In the years after World War II, heart attacks killed thousands of middle-aged Americans, many of them being soldiers who had returned from conflict. Since then, research has fueled major progress. Yes, we were able to find key risk factors, such as cardiovascular disease that included smoking, cholesterol, high blood pressure, and diabetes. Research studies tested interventions to reduce those risks, showing they could work. And these included cholesterol and blood pressure lowering drugs and lifestyle modifications, such as physical activity, a healthy diet, and stopping the activity of smoking. Strokes also strike an American once every 40 seconds and can have catastrophic consequences for a person's ability to function. Despite medical strides that led to approval of drugs which dissolve stroke-causing clots if given soon after symptoms appear, and more recent studies show that inserting balloon catheters to remove brain clots can prevent further damage in people suffering major strokes. Yet, with heart disease and stroke still the leading causes of death for both U.S. men and women, more research is needed to predict, prevent, diagnose, and treat illness based on a person's unique genes, lifestyle, and molecular structures. But, in essence, more people need to get checked regularly. They also need to take in proper nutrition to avoid these killers. The next one that we will discuss is cancer. It's one of our nation's most feared diseases, with more than 1.6 million new cases diagnosed each year. And despite medical gains, there is much, much work to do. Many clinical trials are testing new targeted treatments as well as combinations of different cancer therapies. There are bold initiatives to accelerate cancer research that aims to make more therapies available to more patients while also improving our ability to prevent cancer and detect it at an early stage. Yet, in order to do this, in order to detect at an early stage, more people need to get colon exams, prostate exams, blood work. Also, we're going to mention again, stop smoking, including secondhand smoke. The third thing we'll discuss is opioid addiction. Yes, addictions of any kind used to be considered a lack of willpower that could be overcome with sufficient effort and restraint. We now know that misuse of substances disrupts brain circuits related to pleasure and reward, and that chronic substance abuse actually alters brain structures. These changes can persist long after a person stops using these substances, increasing risk for relapse. Addiction to opioids such as prescription pain relievers Heroin and synthetic opioids such as fentanyl is a national crisis. The epidemic's impact has been vast, 
disproportionately affecting military personnel and veterans. And estimates put the annual U.S. economic burden for prescription opioid misuse alone at more than $504 billion. A tandem issue to tackling opioid dependency is finding safe, effective, non-addictive strategies to manage chronic pain. Researchers are also studying the neurobiology of pain and investigating complementary therapies such as yoga, acupuncture, and behavioral therapy to treat pain. We can do efforts as well to make sure that we don't get addicted to opioids. What about infectious diseases? About 23 million Americans visit a doctor's office or clinic seeking treatment for infections. Unlike many disorders, we know the exact source of most infectious diseases, and in many cases, we have vaccines and treatments to fight them. One area of particular concern is antimicrobial resistance, a potentially deadly situation in which bacteria becomes resistant to most or all antibiotic drugs. Now, we recognize this urgent threat, and our scientists are working to better understand how microbes develop resistance to antibiotics. Finding new diagnostics can more quickly detect resistance, and finding new antibiotic drugs and vaccines to prevent and treat bacterial infections. But the question is, Will we actually take these preventive measures? What about diabetes, our last one? Yes, it affects 30 million American adults and children. People with the type 1 form of diabetes have an autoimmune disorder and are unable to produce sufficient amounts of hormones insulin, which is made by the pancreas. The vast majority of Americans with diabetes have the type 2 form of the disorder in which the body does not manage its insulin levels correctly. Genetics research has identified more than 80 heritable risk factors. But research has shown that lifestyle changes, such as diet, physical activity, and stopping smoking, can significantly lower the risk of developing type 2 diabetes in high-risk adults. Yes, even though we have deadly predatory disease, we can take measures available to steer clear of their effects. Yet we do the opposite. So the question that we should ask ourselves and think about our mentality in these areas that we discuss is how did we get here? Our hobby or special interest that we will discuss this week is one that's near and dear to my heart because my mother enjoyed it. And that's building and maintaining a fish aquarium. My mother had two tanks, a 55-gallon tank, I think the other one was like a 32-gallon tank, something like that. 
and she enjoyed building those aquariums. It was rewarding to her, and it was enjoyable as a hobby. Now, if you wish to join my mom in this, here are some steps to get started. First, we want to do some research. We want to begin by learning about different types of fish, their care, requirements, and compatibility. Consider whether you want a freshwater or a saltwater aquarium, as they have distinct needs, and they have distinct colors and shapes of fish. We want to select an aquarium. Choose an appropriately sized tank based on the space that you have and the type of fish you want. Bigger tanks are generally easier to maintain and provide a more stable environment for the fish. Equip your aquarium, because you're going to need equipment like a filter, a heater if necessary, lighting, and a thermometer. Ensure that your equipment is suitable for the type of fish you plan to keep. And then when you set up that tank, Place your tank on a stable surface, add a substrate gravel or sand, and arrange decorations like rocks, driftwood, or artificial plants. Create a visually appealing and comfortable environment for your fish and for you, because when you're gazing upon that tank, it should be relaxing. Before adding fish, your tank needs to go through a cycling process to establish beneficial bacteria that will help break down waste. And this can take several weeks. Then you get to the point of choosing your fish. Yes, you want to select fish that are appropriate for beginners and compatible with each other. Start with a few hardy species to gain experience. And some of these fish are so beautiful, so graceful. The other day I was at a fish shop and I noticed one fish that looked like it was a, I called it a laker fish. It was purple and gold. Absolutely stunning and beautiful. Acclimate your fish. Yes, when bringing new fish home, acclimate them to the water temperature in your tank gradually. And this helps reduce stress. We should also maintain the water quality Regularly test and monitor water parameters like pH, ammonia, nitrites, and nitrates. Perform water changes to keep the water clean and healthy for our fish. We want to feed the fish an appropriate diet based on their species, as overfeeding can lead to water quality issues. So be mindful of portion size. Spend time observing your fish to ensure they are healthy and behaving normally. Look out for signs of illness or stress. Learn and adapt. Yes, continuously educate yourself about your fish and their needs. Be prepared to adapt your care routine as your aquarium evolves. And we want to consider joining a local or online aquarium hobbyist community. Yes, they can provide valuable advice, support, and opportunities to learn from experienced aquarists. Enjoy the hobby. Yes, get out there. Build your aquarium. Because it's not just about the fish. It's also about creating a piece of living art. And take pleasure in designing and maintaining your aquatic ecosystem. Remember, 
aquariums, they require commitment. They require patience, and they require responsible care. They can be deeply fulfilling, educational, as a hobby, but it also allows you to connect with the underwater world from the comfort of your own home. So go to your local fish store. Walk around. Learn from the people who work there. And think about building that aquarium. But when you do, one thing we want to add is our personality. Make sure that when company walks in, that aquarium screams you. And that doesn't mean that it has to have sharks or anything like that, a piranha or something extreme. But it could just describe your personality with color and style. So let's have fun. Let's enjoy our hobby of building a fish aquarium. And let's meet each other one day at one of these communities and online hobbyists. There, we can not only find valuable advice, but we could also enjoy learning from one another. Our sunflower message is a short and sweet one given to us by Bob Marley and the Whalers. It's entitled, Three Little Birds. Say, rise up this morning, smile with the rising sun. Three little birds pitched by my doorstep singing sweet songs of melodies, pure and true, saying, this is my message to you, ooh, ooh. Singing, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. Singing, don't worry about a thing. Don't worry, because every little thing is going to be all right. On Cash App at Dollar Sign, Live Laugh Talk, and on Twitter at Live Laugh Talker. Also, you can press the button on Spotify to donate to support our podcast. Everything that you donate is appreciated and put to good use. Also, remember to rate us the highest on your podcast platform and tell your friends about us, your family, your colleagues, your peers. Also, one last note. Go to Etsy.com and search, how do we get here? See the gear that you can find, such as t-shirts, coffee mugs, and also tote bags. This is James and George's baby boy signing off. And as you know, I can't wait to talk with you again soon.